listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and news update for this Thursday, the 7th of October 2021. Later, we're going to be taking a look at why volatility will continue on the share market, what needs to happen before that will ease. But first, has the role of the CBD changed because of the pandemic? Well, the Property Council of Australia says before the latest lockdown, Sydney's CBD offices were leased at 68% of pre-COVID capacity, but that's now fallen to 4%. And it's hoped the end of the indoor mask mandate, which was announced today when New South Wales breaches 80% of double-dose vaccinations, will remove a barrier for people to return to the workplace. But around the country, there are a few reasons influencing decisions to return to CBD offices. The main one, obviously, is the government public health restrictions and lockdowns. But around 25% note greater preferences for flexibility, including work from home, workplace safety and public transport concerns, along with changed tenant requirements, have also been recorded. So for more, I spoke earlier with the New South Wales Executive Director of the Property Council of Australia, Luke Actestrad. I think today's announcement by the New South Wales Government, including the easing of restrictions, such as not requiring office workers to wear masks once we hit 80% double vaccination, is a really positive step forward. It's a really strong endorsement that our CBDs are important, that our CBDs are economic engine rooms for our economy. And they're also a big kick of endorsement that employers can really provide safe workplaces for employees who are wanting to collaborate, come back into the office and see their colleagues in a safe way and in a sensible way. How quickly, though, do you expect workers to return to to the CBD? We think the return of workers to the CBD will be staggered. We don't think this will fix itself overnight. We think people will return. Um, yeah, periodically, there will be different preferences. Employers will need to work through COVID-safe plans. You know, we've obviously got a, an exciting summer coming up. The government's indicated, you know, a range of events over summer. The CBD dining vouchers should be a good draw card too. So we don't think there's a one-size-fits-all policy here. We think what the government's announced is a really positive sign. It's much more than lip service that they're serious about our CBDs, that they understand the Sydney CBD, the Parramatta CBDs are great places to work and play. More on the government, what else do you think they can do, not just in Sydney, but around the country to help aid the recovery of CBDs? Yeah, there's a very big role for government in this project. Obviously, the, the New South Wales roadmap sort of refreshed today, as I said, is a really positive endorsement that this government values the role of the CBD. But more broadly, government can look at a range of practical incentives, things like discounted public transport, things like ensuring the government takes a leadership role as well. So, you know, a big component of the New South Wales Public Service is in the Parramatta CBD. Uh, You've also got a lot of public sector offices in different regional hubs and, and different satellites around New South Wales and the country. So we see a role there for government to really put their best foot forward um, and set the tone that the private sector can really follow up. You know, there's it's been 100 plus days of lockdown. It's been a pretty grim winter for our CBDs. We have an amazing summer coming up. We've got daylight savings. You've got a lot of excited people out there who have done it quite tough and I think they're ready to, to get back into the office in a safe way this is, uh, I always say to my team, it's pretty hard to dial in collaboration and we often, we do our best work when we're together whilst recognising there will be a, a new sort of normal moving forward and, and hybrid workplaces will become more, more common. 
Do you feel, though, that the role of the CBD has changed as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, I think the COVID pandemic has reminded us of the importance of our CBDs. And you really, there's so much we take for granted as the meeting places, the restaurants, the bars, you know, the hotel lobbies that we've all taken for granted for a period of time. I think there's some interesting conversations happening by employees at the moment about how do they look at their workplaces, how do they maximise collaboration and really make the workplace somewhere that fosters innovation, discussion, collaboration, where ideas can, you know, uh, flare, uh, flow with flair um, and be tested and tried. You know, that really I think is going to be the future of the workplace, a, a really collaborative um, nurturing environment for people. And the CBD at large will need to continue to reinvent itself. We've already seen that with lots of projects in the CBD. You might look at the transformation of Wynyard Place as one example of, of placemaking. So, you know, the government's identified the importance of placemaking, creating hubs that will draw people into the city um, to really remind them that our CBDs are not just economic levers for our state, but they're, they're social hubs that connect us together with our colleagues and with our friends as well. Will office capacity ever return to pre-pandemic levels or does that mean developers need to be smarter and how? I think there's a lot of optimism about the future of the office. I think claims that the office is dead are grossly over-exaggerated. I think the future of the office is looking very positive there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of innovation happening in our CBDs as well. Look, we know this won't happen overnight. We know it will be a few drops before the waterfall can, um, can you know, be put into existence. But we do see a really positive return. We've been through a lockdown before, so people know how to get back to the city. I think there is a lot of optimism that those office occupancy rates in the new year in particular and the next six to 12 months can really get back to some of those record highs we've seen as People really value the workplace, value the CBDs um, and really find themselves collaborating in a, in a post-COVID world, um, knowing that they're, they're working safely, knowing that public transport is there for them as well. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of optimism in, um, by office owners. They've invested a lot in a lot of measures as well to, to guide that sensible return to the office. Luke Akhtar-Strad there from the Property Council of Australia. From property, let's go to the Australian share market, which did close lower, to, uh, higher today rather, breaking a two-day losing streak. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.7%, 7,261. Tech stocks led the gains. Energy players declined, though, as the price of oil fell. For more, I spoke earlier with Kyle Rodder from IG Markets. Well, a really positive lead from Wall Street um, and really what was underpinning that was sort of two factors. One was a little bit of a breakthrough with this energy crunch that we're seeing globally. Uh, there were some reports last night in a speech that um, Russian President Vladimir Putin delivered that um, Russia would be willing to support European energy markets while they're going through this supply crunch. Um, the second thing that really turned sentiment around last night in US trade was um, this kind of deal brokered between congressional d Democrats and Republicans about um, kicking the can down the road effectively as it relates to this debt ceiling negotiation, giving an extra two months to be able to um, effectively negotiate um, a, a raise to that. So it was a really significant because obviously volatility in the bond markets and energy markets have been very significant in pushing equities around. So with that as a, a little bit of a, a boost to, to sentiment, we, we had a bit of a run higher in stocks today. Um, and, you know, we saw those sort of, you know, interest rate sensitive areas of the market outperforming. Speaking of stocks, tech stocks back in favour today. Yeah, exactly. And it was um, precisely for those reasons. You know, we saw energy prices coming down very modestly last night, um, which have been push pushing up ex inflation expectations and therefore pushing up bond yields and tech stocks very 
sensitive to bond yields. There's also been a lot of bond market volatility as well because of these concerns about the debt ceiling and what that would mean for money markets and how that would flow on to, to treasury markets as well, effectively if the US government went into technical default. So again, some of those sentiment factors as well as those um, you know downward pressure on yields that we sort of saw um, did allow for those growth sensitive stocks that are very interest rate sensitive, yield sensitive to kind of recover today. In saying all that, though, there's been a lot of volatility recently. What's driving all of that? Well, I mean, it's been called the wall of worry in financial markets. It's become a bit of a cliche, but, you know, it really is at the moment that we're confronting so many um, negative factors for the market without so much positive impetus anymore that we're remaining in this sort of volatile state as, as investors try to work it out. So, you know, you look at, you know, cost pushes across the globe and, and fears of higher inflation, which could lead to tighter monetary policy and hikes to the federal funds rate, you know, a slowdown in China uh, and a Chinese financial stability because of the situation with, with Evergrande, uh, the budding energy crisis across the globe, which is, you know, it, you expected to exacerbate growth concerns as well as um, those concerns about higher inflation. Um, there's also concerns too as well about you know potentially a peak in earnings and a, and a peak in the economic expansions, expansion. So a lot of that sort of again wall of worry that's keeping investors nervous without too much good news on the other side uh, at the moment. So we're really seeing this pocket of volatility revolve around that. So trying to look at the other side, what do you think will be the key driver for the market right now? I think first and foremost, the biggest thing is really trying to work out this inflation story because the big thing is obviously investors have told us, uh, sorry, uh, policymakers have told us that they believe it to be transitory, uh, but transitory is starting to become a very, very long thing. Um, and as we see continued signs of um, the pandemic causing this supply disruptions across the globe that are putting up with pressure on prices, as well as now this energy crisis, there is this concern that maybe inflation will persist for, for longer yet. We could be heading for something of a stagflationary environment if growth starts to slow down too. And that's a bit of a problem for policymakers because they're really good at stimulating demand through lower interest rates or fiscal spending. But those structural changes that come about um, to support um, you know, the supply side dynamics are difficult to change and could linger for some time yet. So I get the sense that until we get a greater sense of the inflation outlook and that we do see that these inflation presses are tran transitory uh, and the growth uh, and policy can be a bit more moderate in the future, then that until we sort of see that the, the, the light of the end of that tunnel, it won't be until then that markets will feel a little bit more comfortable about the future. All right. The other thing, our US reporting season begins next week. What are you dry, uh, expecting from it? Um, well, earnings growth is supposed to be reasonably robust again, but it's going to be lower than last quarter. And there's the expectation that perhaps the earnings outlook might be downgraded a little bit because of, again, um, this weakness uh, in growth that we're starting to see because of the, uh, coming through the, the, the global economy. Um, the other big factor will be too, I think, is again, those cost pressures and what um, companies say about how they're handling um, you know, higher input costs and this inflationary dynamic as well. I think one thing that hasn't been noted enough in the markets is that you know, the S&P 500 has seen almost record high profit margins since the pandemic effectively because of all the stimulus and the pickup in the recovery. What we're seeing now is potentially that that peaking out a little bit um, and the high costs going out that the businesses are wearing starting to erode those margins and potentially hitting their profitability somewhere down the line. So that's going to be really significant and it really does always a pretty big earning season given the fact that we are seeing this broader global mac back a macro backdrop of heightened volatility. Kyle Rodder there from IG Markets. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.